Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. We're looking to improve the show in any way we can, and to do that, we need to hear from you. We've put together a list of questions into something called a survey. This is no ordinary survey, though. If you go and answer in the questions, which should take you about two to three minutes, you'll be entered into a raffle to win five signed Hawk and Cleaver books of your choosing. So, if you're interested, Head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey for all of the relevant information. Once again, that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey. A Christmas Eve Visitor, written by Kev Harrison, narrated by Justin Fife. Sally tied the last glimmering bow with the aplomb and placed the gift under the branches of the towering pine tree. She sat back and admired her handiwork. It was going to be a wonderful Christmas for her and little Oscar, even if Stephen wouldn't be back until the 27th. She reached back to the coffee table and took a sip of Prosecco, relishing the warmth and glow of the roaring fire. She picked herself up from the rug and trudged over to the sofa. Christmas Eve and everything was ready, but not without its price. She was exhausted. She slumped back in the chair and clicked the remote on to the Christmas channel. She glanced at her watch. A quarter to eleven, and Miracle on 34th Street was just beginning. It was the sort of saccharine nonsense that would have turned her stomach just a few years ago, but she'd mellowed since Oscar had been born. 
embraced the holiday season and all the schmaltz that came with it. As snow floated on the screen and the gentle jingling of sleigh bells rang, Sally's head lulled forward, her breathing drawing out long and calm as she dozed off. There she stayed for an hour or so, quietly snatching at a rare chance of uninterrupted sleep. She didn't hear the tinkling of glass as the gloved hand punched through the kitchen window, nor the footsteps as the heavy, snow-laden boots traversed the tiles to the muffling carpet of the lounge. Only when the gloved hand, chilly from the harsh outside, closed over her mouth, did her eyes spring open. (laughs) She tried to speak, her heart rate rocketing up, chest heaving under her heavy jumper. Be quiet, or I'll break your fucking neck, a voice said from behind her, his grip tightening around her face as if to assure her he was serious. Stand up, now. Sally felt a body shuffle around the edge of the sofa and press into her back. She swallowed hard and squeezed her eyes closed. I'm going to take my hand off your mouth, but if you scream, I will stab you. Not if you understand. Sally nodded, a tear tracing its way down her cheek. The man removed his hand one finger at a time. Sally bent double, wheezing, her heart still racing, then stood up and turned to face her attacker. The man was tall, athletic build, wearing a balaclava, piercing green eyes, staring her down from behind the eye holes. In his left hand, he clutched a serrated combat knife. Sally backed away towards the tree. What do you want? Her voice was hoarse after hyperventilating. Think of me as Santa Claus, only I'll be filling my sack with presents instead of leaving them. From the side pocket of his black cargo trousers, he pulled a bundle of material, which he unrolled to reveal a large hessian bag. He held it out to Sally. Put the presents in there. Sally stood still, hands held close to her torso. Fill the bag. Though his voice was quiet, there was a firmness, his jabbing knife hand adding menace to his words. Sally reached out one trembling hand and grasped the bag. She opened it and crouched down beside the tree, keeping the robber in her line of sight. She reached out to the pile of presents on the right first. On top of the small sack was a tiny model sleigh with a handwritten card on the back, which read, Mummy. She shook the parcels as she lifted them, one final guess at what it might have been before placing them in the cloth sack. As she stuffed the fifth and final gift in the bag, she reached out to pass the bag back to the man. Here, she said. Take it. There's probably some jewelry in there. Maybe some perfume. Valuable stuff. The man crouched down in front of her, the knife glinting in the firelight as he gestured to the tree. All of it, he said. Don't make me hurt you. Sally bit her lip, fighting off another wave of tears. Not little Oscar's things. He's three years old. This is his first proper Christmas. The man grabbed her chin in his free hand. Do I seem like a bleeding heart to you, huh? Do you think I give a shit about your little Oscar? He shoved her backward. Sally lost her balance, tumbling into the wall and catching her head, causing the dammed up tears to overflow their banks and stream down her face. Now fill this bag, the man 
and spat. Sally righted herself, rubbing her sore head. She moved the shepherd scene, Oscar's name etched onto a card in the felt grass, and began to bundle his gifts into the bag, one at a time. The My First Music Maker, the light-up fire engine, the fluffy penguin with the cute sounds when you squeezed it. Impatient, the man stepped closer, waving the knife. Hurry up! Sally looked up into his eyes. I'm sorry. This is... This is just... This is difficult. She leaned forward and wrapped an arm around the man's leg, sobbing into his thigh. The man stood motionless. The sound of fire seemed to increase in volume as the quiet sound of Sally's heartbreaking escaped, staccato, from her quavering lips. Oh, Oscar, she said. She lowered her left hand, then forced it up with all her strength, connecting with the man's groin and sending him sprawling backwards. He tripped on the sofa and fell back. Sally was quickly on her feet, lunging at him. Her right arm shot out to block his knife swipe, catching him in the center of the forearm with a painful crunch. His hand flexed open against his will, the knife clattering to the floor. Sally leapt up, her knees pinning his shoulders to the sofa. She wound up and brought her closed fist down on the man's neck, then his temple at the other side. His head lolled back, dazed. Sally sprang to the floor, reaching for the knife. She closed her fingers around the handle as the snow boot connected with her midriff, sending her careening across the ground. The knife skittered across the floor. Still, she crawled after it. She was about to grasp it when the man grabbed her loose hair and tugged her back. He let fly with a punch into the middle of her back and left her rolling on the floor, back arched, pain distorting her vision. The attacker stepped over her and scooped up the knife. You almost had me he said, and spat on the carpet next to her. He rubbed the side of his face where her punch had connected, scrunching his eyes shut against the pain. He sat back down on the sofa, waited for Sally to sit up. There's one more present under that tree, he said, pointing with the curved tip of the blade. If you put it in the bag quickly, I'll wish you a Merry Christmas and be on my way. Any more bullshit and, well, I think you can guess what might happen. He turned the blade in the air, Sally's reflection glinting across the surface. Sally felt the back of her head, bringing her hand to her face to check for blood. She found none and returned her eyes to the man. That one's for my husband. He's missing Christmas. It's not valuable. Please, just leave that one here. Please. The man stood. Seems you didn't understand my warning about bullshit, did you? He circled the sofa and stood at the bottom of the stairs. Tell me, which room is little Oscar in? Sally leaned forward, defeated, her hands up in surrender. Okay, okay, you win, you win. She picked up the small rectangular box and looked at the card, the neat handwriting. My beloved husband, it read, with a love heart drawn inside. She carefully slipped it into the bag and hauled herself to her feet. She carried the bag to the man, now, you get the fuck out of my house. And a Merry Christmas to you too, the man said, somehow transmitting his self-satisfied smile from behind his woolen mask. He strode quickly to the door and let himself out, slamming it behind him, leaving only a chilly blast of winter wind. Sally staggered to the window and crouched watching the shadow of the man move along the street. 
He approached an alleyway between two houses on the other side of the road and disappeared into the darkness. Something held her there, staring out into the night. Meanwhile, the man was emerging at the other end of the alley. He crossed the road and scrambled over a verge, into an old waste ground. There he unlocked a battered silver car, looked around, then climbed inside. He switched on the light and took off his balaclava, revealing pale skin and a ginger beard. First he opened the toys, tossing them into the back seat of the car. Next was the jewelry, a necklace of pearls which he bit like an old movie gangster, checking his swag, before stowing it and then the matching earrings into the glove box. He rummaged through the remaining three presents, casting the contents aside. Then came to the final box, Stephen's box. He tugged at the bow, the most intricate of them all. Then he lifted the perfectly fitted lid. Inside, on top of some crinkled crepe paper, was a scroll tied with a string. He tugged at the string and unfurled it. He held the paper up to the light and read the beautiful calligraphy. Dearest Stephen, what a pity you couldn't be with your wife and child this Christmas. It must have been such an important business trip. I know all about Madeline from the office. See you in hell, Sally. The man rubbed his beard, confused. He looked over his shoulder, and finding that he was completely alone, he peeled back the crepe paper. the windows exploding outwards onto the street, followed by tiny scraps of flesh and bone. Sally's house shook with the force of the blast, the flash of the explosion glowing in her eyes from above the houses in front. Merry Christmas, you thieving bastard, she said, as the porch lights along the road switched on, one by one. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. A Christmas Eve Visitor, written by Kev Harrison, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes, music by The Bell Mechanical, and Sam Robson. If you'd like to follow Kev Harrison and all of his work, he has a website over at kevharrisonfiction.com. Also, we're looking to improve the show in any way we can, and to do that, we need to hear from you. We've put together a list of questions into something called a survey. This is no ordinary survey, though. If you go and answer in the questions, which should take you roughly two to three minutes, you'll be entered into a raffle to win five signed Hawk and Cleaver books of your choosing. So, if your bookshelf is looking a little bare this winter, head over to hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey for all of the relevant information. Once again, that's hawkandcleaver.com forward slash survey. Until next time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. On Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.